What's up? What's up? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. It is the ramen movement. We are back. It is that time, 7 p.m. on Sunday. So let's go ahead and get started. As you can tell, we have a special guest today. So we're going to start. Let her give the intro. Her name is Latasha. Don't call me T-shirt lady Brenton. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the people out there, go ahead. Hi, my name is Latasha Brenton. I'm the owner at TNT Shirt Box. Well, co-owner. What else you want me to do? Anything you want? Um, I own a custom printing shop. We do t-shirts. We print cups. <coughs> I so. Appreciate you. Beautiful. Um, we definitely stay affordable. We do custom designs. We sell SVGs. We work with crafters. We work with high schools and colleges. And yeah. That's just me in a nutshell. That's what's up. That's what's up. Miss David, how are you today? I am blessed and highly favored. I am doing extraordinarily well. No complaints. No complaints. How about you, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to hear that. Finally got him back. Mr. Tim Allen. It's been a while. Glad to see you back and recovered. How are you feeling today? I'm doing uh, wonderful. Uh, glad to be back in the months of uh, friends and uh, like-minded business people. Uh, everything is... Uh, going my way um, got some projects coming up uh, can't wait to announce it not quite ready yet but right. uh, yeah we're gonna yeah. change the world all of them that's what let's all do right. it together I like hearing stuff like that so mr. CT the digital expert our guru what's going on <laughs> hey, over there oh nothing man just uh, getting everything in order as far as the subjects that we are about to talk about hope everybody had a good weekend I definitely did, uh, but uh, just ready to get into it. That's what's up. With that being said, let's not waste any more time, so we're going to go straight into the first segment, and it's going to be partially about uh, what's going on in society, in the news, kind of you see it on social media and how it affects business, so we're going to pass it off to CT right now to get us cracking. What two subjects do you have for us today? Well, the first subject we want to talk about is this. Little thing we got going on where people are going around licking cartons of ice cream, uh, taking mouthwash, spitting it back into the mouthwash, mm. all this different stuff, and how this is affecting the companies that their brand is being put in these videos. First and foremost, it's disgusting. Amen. Pretty nasty. Mm. Uh, hopefully, nobody is being affected by this. And hopefully the people get their just due as far as their punishment for doing this. The ones that have gotten arrested for it. You can get 20 years. So what we want to talk about now is what would this do to a brand? What is going to happen with these brands? Because their names are being put out there connected with this foolishness. So what's going to happen? Well, I think it's definitely it's definitely detrimental because, you know, you're going to lose out on sales. I mean, uh, David mentioned a little bit off the air. How do you not have tamper-proof everything, you know, in this day and age and as bad as it's getting in society? And, you know, we always talk about humankind and mankind. We are getting progressively worse. It's not getting any better. So why not, as a brand, take the necessary precautions? I don't know if I'm being just overly cautious or does it come down to is that a waste of money? Do they see that as a business decision, a waste of money to put those things in place? Well, they absolutely should. I mean, that's one of those things where as as society changes and you have to change with it, you have to upgrade your marketing, you have to upgrade your uh, security, you have to be able to look at, you know, what's going on in this world. There's, I mean, it's, it's crazy because kids are only doing this for attention on social media. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for something as what they seem to be as harmless fun or being able to make sure that they are building their brand and they're capturing attention, they, these business owners who are more established, they have to be able to go back in and look at, you know, what do we really need to be doing to not only combat them, but even maybe to potentially work with them. If y'all like my ice cream, right. then, you know, mm -hmm. what was it, the guy who was um, bantering with his kid yeah. and he was talking? He got a Denny's commercial. He got a Denny's commercial. Right. You know, so there can be some opportunities that, you know, do your whole SWOT analysis. What's your strengths, your weaknesses, your threats, and your opportunities? And be able to acknowledge, all right, got to fix this, but what do we need to do? Young people like Bluebell, then we really need to be focusing on Bluebell. And, you know, if it's one of those situations where Bluebell is, are they the only ice cream company that doesn't have tamper-proof 
not sure. Haven't bought ice cream in a while. Can anybody provide any relevant feedback on that? Or? Not that part, but who could see this coming? Sure. Who could imagine somebody would take the carton out, take a lick, and put it back? I right. mean, who can foresee that? Sure, they should have probably had tamper-proof seals, but the conscious, rational mind probably never seen something like this. <coughs> well, and with the advent of social media and everything, you've seen things get worse and worse. Because I know y'all seen the buffet video of people <coughs> right. like, taking ladles out oh, of the buffet yeah. and doing things. That, so you knew, like she was saying, people what? taking the ladles out of buffet. I saw it was a guy, he went, whole, whole, he went to Whole Foods. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was sitting there, and he just. So like she was saying, let's see if this super today is really gonna be it. Trying to get oh. attention so it, for themselves on social media. Put it back right. In. You know, it's going to get okay. They did salad dressing at Whole Foods. Well, I have to find my item that I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and it went from like you said, mouthwash to now I saw it on a, in a restaurant. Somebody in the back fixing your food. Yeah. Like, it gives you pause. Mm-hmm. You know, about where you go out to eat and what kind of places or how they're running. Also, how do you react to certain situations as far as in a restaurant? How do you know? How would you know? You wouldn't wouldn't know. But the thing is, as far as a customer, you're more tamed as far as your reaction to certain things. Like you would be upset to an extent about something and you'd be wanting, I need your manager you try to play it real calm sometimes because you don't want anything to be done to your food. Right. You know, you try to lay back. It's like, I'm going to say, a perfect perfect example is, and it's a movie, uh, the movie's called Waiting. And it was a lady that was in the restaurant. She was just being her lovely self. And she was complaining about everything. And so the waiter that was waiting on her basically went back and said, okay, this lady's being who she is. We need to give her that special. So they pass it down the line with the cooks. Mm. You got one cook sitting here scratching his head and said, we're going to put out this special seasoning. Then you have another one, hocks of a loogie, spits in it. And then you have another one that does something else to it. And it's just like, is this happening in real life? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the type I won't take another or anything. If it's wrong, it's just yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not eating it. Right. Yeah, and to that, I wanted to ask David about. So you know, we talked about taking the opportunity, but do you think these original offenders deserve the opportunity, or do you think it should be them just taking the situation and using it as an opportunity to advertise? Do you think the people should be punished? That that actually did it and oh. themselves, and do you think they should just look for like set up a set up a a mock situation as far as advertising, not endorse these people? Um, as far as the companies, yeah. as far as the companies, yes, we we are at the situation where we have to whether it's in our own space, we have to look at the worst case scenario. Like you said, who could foresee this coming? Somebody should have. You know, because I think of my Mayfields. My Mayfields got a tamper proof. Somebody must have thought of that over there. Mm-hmm. So really, somebody should have. Um, and that's and that's what it's all about is being able to say, all right, how can we turn this into a positive? Now that doesn't mean you got to go find the actual offenders or what have you. Um, because yes, I believe that they should be punished. I believe what people are doing is nasty, and you know, I believe the law says that they can get up to twenty uh, twenty years for this, mm-hmm. and it's considered a felony. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do think all of those things should be handled in that light. But I also think the companies can use this as an opportunity to say, you know, we kind of have the best ice cream on the market or, you know, people love our ice cream. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not my lane. Right. But if they really put a little heart and a little mind to it, then mm-hmm. they might be able to spin that into a great opportunity Um was it Nike just decided they weren't going to release a whole shoe because they had the Bessie Ross flag on the back of it? Right. Their stock shop prices still went up. Right. You know, they, they, they made a bad decision and they didn't release the shoes and then they still came back behind and let it be known publicly and then they still were able to experience growth. So, you know, you everybody thought about, oh, they printed up all these shoes, they're going to mm-hmm. lose all this money on the shoes, but 
something ended up tweaking exponentially where they were still able to make money off of it. It's just the fact of maybe they were sold a different pair of Harachis or whatever the case may be. Right. And that's where they were able to make up the difference for the loss of having a, you know, a business faux pas. We all have them. Right. Right. So in your business, as far as like, can someone like drastically modify any of your products like that? Like after they are completed or before they get to completion or is that just something like did you think about specifically your industry when i first started especially doing designs i was just so happy doing it that i just started sending out designs you know people would be like hey can you design me a shirt yeah what is it my birthday you send a design out next thing you know they don't come to you to print it they took your design to somebody else so i didn't get paid for the design and i didn't get the printing job so now that's taught me, you know what? Now I have a disclaimer. Here's my design, watermark it. Some people can still remove that too, but um, I have a disclaimer. My terms and agreement actually say if my design that you did not pay for is used, I just have to report for it because it belongs to me. Right, and you're just protecting yourself from mm-hmm. the other side. feel. Now, in real estate, I know there's obviously the damage to your property, but what about like you as a landlord or can somebody do some things? Like, have you ever had that situation where somebody like may destroy something in your home and say, well, look how my landlord left it or anything? Has that ever happened to you? Just trying to, as a comparative to this whole situation. I think it's a little bit different. Um, I think for what I do with property, somebody can completely tear a house up and it won't cost that much to bring it back. I mean, there's so many tricks of the trade that you can, somebody can punch all the holes in the walls and I go with a little plaster and I don't even need sheetrock or I take a small piece of sheetrock and bring it all back. So it's just little tricks of the trade and uh, spray paint, somebody spray paint all over the walls, it's painted. Right. Yeah. So not really comparable in that situation, but I think it's just uh, any industry that you have uh, knowing um, how to protect yourself. Right. So, all the way around, I mean, does, does this require, you know, stringent action or does it require, like, immediate knee-jerk reaction? Or what, what do y'all think they are thinking blue bell as far as from a company standpoint? From a company standpoint, I mean, you really not, haven't heard anything from them. So, it's, I don't think they're in a panic. I think they're just like, this is a one-off situation. We just have to monitor it from here, make sure that we're keeping an eye on this, and make sure with our product from now on there we put that extra step in as far as you know make sure to put a seal or something on there and then having your employees or wherever go out there and do what they need to do now it may be that they put up something to because they know how serious it is they reach out to people that support bluebell and they may have sent something out to them say hey get you a couple of quarts on us for this inconvenience, for the scare, to try to get ahead of the topic, so you never know. But you just haven't, you haven't really heard anything from them publicly yet. I haven't. Say she still stuck by loud noises. <laughs> but the one thing that um that that I wanted to respond to is I think the Blue Bell is doing a real smart thing. They're not. Panicking. Right. They're not reacting. Right. They are going into a very contemplative mode. And that is what we as business owners, we have to look at. You know, sometimes situations will happen and we just automatically want to jump in there, react, or we want to switch. And I'm a quick start. I've been, you know, notoriously just kind of move, but being able to make decisions quick and move forward in the right fashion, that is what we as business owners really have to focus on. Is what do we need to do and how can we be strategic about it? And then we make a calculated move, not just an emotional right. move. Right. And I guess, I mean, I know this does require, you know, some response, okay. but it doesn't have to now. be, you know, like you're saying that the emotional got to do something because you could go too far mm-hmm. and you could, you know, push people away. I know in this sense, yeah, everybody's concerned with health. But you have to be careful about how you react as far as, you know, you don't want to be so lackadaisical, but you want to have the right response. I feel like they're doing the right thing, too. Um, Don't respond publicly yet. Let the public 
calm down a little bit. Take the time to brainstorm with mm-hmm. whoever's with Blue Hill. Like, okay, this happened. We didn't expect it, but it happened. Now what? Right. Me personally, if I was Blue Hill, I experienced so much to where I would now, okay, this is what we need to do to gain our customers' trust back. Because that's really the problem now. Yes. The trust of your customers is gone. Right. That lets me know that as a company, you put too much out there at risk for your company. You put too much out there for somebody else to be able to take your customer's trust like that. So now that's what you need to work on. How do you protect your customers? Client of customer appreciation. Exactly. Spin it back and now do some commercials because I'm still anyway. So I'm going to do a commercial now where I'm going to hire you to go into a store and you know you lick that ice cream and I'm gonna snatch it from you and then voila there's a seal like that yeah. commercial right yeah you know like if we heard you mm-hmm. we know that you want to feel protected and this is what we've done to fix this issue right and then you put in a policy on it right makes sense because you're advertising that you're getting the message out exactly Tim I mean I was going to say I'm running behind you that's my exact thought. It's not that it happened, it's horrible that it happened, but what you do after the fact. And like she said, immediately come out. Now, if they don't put a custody sale or a tamper sale on it, that's saying we don't really care what you sell. People want to get us anyway. We want to take who, uh, who wants the product, we're not going to change. Right. But if they go ahead and say, look, we were wrong, we messed up, we didn't see this coming, but now we're going to do something about it. Right, right. So, completely agree. Yeah. Right in your coattail. Thank you for thinking about the business owners. Uh, we got one more subject real quickly if we want to get on it uh, before we move on. So go ahead, CT. All right. So the next subject we're going to talk about is there's a proclamation that has been signed by our governor, Bill Lee, uh, that has sparked a little controversy uh, on the Internet and around our state, around the country. It seems like two people are getting involved in it, and it's basically... They are honoring a, a person that was a member, actually from the article, it said he was a grand wizard in the KKK. Mm-hmm. And how Billy is basically saying his hands are tied because it's in, in the law, which it is. But this is something that was 1971, you said, mm-hmm. when they wrote that in to proclamation. We want to know, and if you're in here, tell us how you feel about this. Um, because, I don't know, it's one of those things where you have the mind state of you can't do anything about it. So why are you going to worry yourself? I mean, you know, it's things that are out of your control. So why are you going to get into such an uproar about it and get yourself worked up over something you can't change? So what are your thoughts on it? And we've got five. Um... Me personally, I think there is something that can be controlled. I mean, the the, the there was a law legislation that put it into effect. There could mm-hmm. be a law to very easily take it out of effect. I believe also that there is a bust they had of um, Nathan Bedford Forrest um, in front of the legislation building there as well. So I believe a few years ago back in uh, South Carolina, some people just decided to adamantly pull down another Robert E. Lee um, statue and things of that nature. I mean, yeah, there are things people can do. If mm-hmm. they were, if it really, really mattered, mm-hmm. then there was something that could be done. I mean, of course, we have our state representatives. We have um, different lawmakers that we could make sure that this was a pressing issue. You know, I did a little research, and people mm-hmm. have mentioned this years and years and years ago in past but it was just fleeting now with everything in this in this society the way the temperature is and the way that the racism has become such more prevalent now mm-hmm. this is our time to act this is absolutely a time to act and we want to make sure that it's it's well thought out we've got the right leaders people who know what they're doing right and take the proper steps and move that in in the right direction i mean I believe it can be done. Yeah. I, I really can be done. Don't call me to do it, but I mean, yeah, I right, believe right, it can be right. done. It is going to take I will, you know, where's the change.org petition? Somebody's got some feedback on it somewhere and has the ability to make the change. Right. And there, like you said, there has to be some action outside of a rant or comment, you know, on 
We get it. But again, with the CEO mindset, okay, spend the time looking. Who do I need to contact? Who do I need right. to get in touch with? And know, you know, you got to understand the governor's being political. He's staying right down the middle. I'm not going to endorse it or not. But by not making a statement, you're making a statement. And mm. that's fine. But we need to, like you said, be more calculated, strategic. And who do I need to get in touch with? What can I get behind? What can I get going in the right direction in order to enact change if that's what you desire? I think that's where we have to break out of the comfort zone and out of the mold. It might have, might you might have to be the one to stand, you know, before the state legislature and, and say something. Say what it means to you or say how it makes you feel. It may impact something. So, you know, if you're prepared to go that step, begin by reaching out. You never know where to take you. So, mm -hmm. Latasha, Tim? Yeah, this is the part where I'm going to practice my maturity and hush. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking, like, mm, I'm not going to say that. No, I don't say that. So... But um, I'm not defending him. I just think his hands are tied. It doesn't affect him. Right. You know, we talk about privilege all the time. Mm -hmm. And some people don't realize that they have a privilege. But, um, you know, I'm going to make this sound funny, but when you look at shows like Empire or whatever, you know, those folks don't know what to do. And that's real life. You know, they, they don't have an Olivia Pope that can fix this stuff. So... His hands are tied. He felt like this is all I can do. And the sad part is he's scared to lose those votes. Let's be honest. Right. This is a red state, and he's scared to lose those red votes. Boom. Sure, sure, Makes sure. sense, Tim. Okay, um, I'm going to go a whole different direction. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. Oh, one minute. I got one minute. Ah, go first next time. So my, my go different direction, and what I'm looking at the situation as partially a distraction. And what I mean, I have a lot of things that I need to take care of. I don't have enough days in the week. I don't have enough hours in the day. And I've got to be real strategic about where I put my energy. Mm. So uh, if we want to fight this thing, let's fight it. But if not, let's get to the core cause of, uh, well, what's going to advance us. Because we can sit here and be upset and say that's not right. But what are we doing for ourselves right now to advance our situation so we can really have a true voice. And I think uh, one of the worst problems that we are suffering is from uh, economic disadvantage. So how is this going to change our money? Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's where I am with it. So in, in, in the instance, you know, mom was saying, if it don't affect your pay, it don't affect your day? Not necessarily. There's okay. a, that's a, that's something that needs to be uh, focused on, but there's a lot of things we need to be focused on. Right. So let's prioritize uh, our movement. And then move smartly. Right. What well, could make the biggest impact the quickest? Absolutely. I, mean, I guess is that's my thought process. Kind of mindset. Cool, man. This was great. You know, no fire started. No, hey, we love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Take the time and like, share, comment, interact with us. We love talking about things with everybody as we go live. Um, we're going to move on to the next segment, and it was from a, the post. It's a video that we put on that. Actually, David posted it on the um the page this week can we cue it up real quick mm, sure i'm gonna try to cue that up real quick it's like a one minute clip we want everybody to hear it roll that beautiful bean <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage give me my mouth <laughs> it was very Thank encouraging you. but it brings something to mind as far as when you begin your business um just to surmise it's actually making your product or service to where somebody can actually see the need for it, not just want it. So real quickly before we get that started, does anybody have any thoughts on that? It's like when you first started your business, was that your mindset truly or were you just trying to get going or how did how did you guys You go Okay, no problem. I uh I tried I came back to Knoxville to start my business. And I thought that because I'm from here and I got family here uh, that there will be a lot of people that will receive me. But to my disappointment and true understanding, my first 10 or 15 customers were people I had no uh, contact, had no information from. So the people I thought would support me uh, waited to see what I was going to do because uh, for whatever reason they did it. And the people that I uh, had no inclination of, they supported me and they pushed me on through. So what that taught me was that if you have a product, go after your market, not who you think is going to support you. Just support your market. Okay. Yeah, completely. 
Alright, are we ready? Yeah. Alright, go ahead. We're going to listen to this clip. Uh, it's about a, just a minute long, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about it. So please gather your thoughts, like, comment, uh, chime in, listen to us, uh, interact with us. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank you for your support. I was proud to say we got almost up to a thousand views last week. So, you know, so awesome. came around. Yeah, hey, we yeah. appreciate that. Yes. All right, let's go. Let's kick it. A lot of companies make a very fundamental mistake when they're starting, focusing on being wanted rather than needed. There's a big difference between people wanting your product and service and then needing your product and service. And, you know, there's this quote that people do business with people that they like, know, and trust. Yeah, that's true whenever you're selling the same thing as everybody else, but you should be striving to sell something completely different that the market doesn't already offer. Right, because now you have to be likable, otherwise people are going to come to you. When you sell something that somebody needs, regardless of how much they like you, they're going to come back time and time and time again. So a lot of people hated Steve Jobs when they bought his iPhone, and you know now they have other options for smartphones. But at that period of time, they were the only option. So they bought Steve's iPhone, even though he was a dickhead. So that's a lesson to all you guys. Um, you don't have to be likable. Necessity, okay? So that's important. Um, that's all I have, honestly. I think it's a simple lesson, but a lot of people don't understand it, so hopefully you do. So, real quickly, I mean, I think there's way, 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 way on the side of greatness, like a lot of truth to that being a necessity rather than worry about being likable. Do you think that stops people from coming out of the comfort zone? They focus too much on being likable when they first start presenting their product or service? I think when you focus on um, being likable, you then start targeting people that you think like you. Okay. And you blow it for everything else. You don't um, catch that net further than your friends and family. You set yourself up to be disappointed because those people that you thought like you mm-hmm. isn't buying your product. Right. Right, because like doesn't equal support. Not at all. I mean, we see it on Facebook all the time. You'll have 50 likes on something you sell it. Right. And who bought it? (laughs) Right. Right. No. Or you send out invoices. Right. Everybody responds to the time to pay. Right. That's real. Then all of a sudden, I ain't get your message. Yeah, you did. Right. I got a mechanic that I don't even want to say his name, but probably one of the best in the city. I don't really like him personally, <laughs> but I will never go anywhere else because his price is best and his, his, his customer service needs some, need some help, mm-hmm. but his price is great and his work is great. So for those in business, right, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Right. I refer people to him, uh, and I don't even personally like him, right. yeah. but his, because his business is good. So being more on the creative side, when you set your prices and you give them out, you know, I know it is mainly in a, net, a warm market per se, but do you worry about being likable or do you see that they need your services? What are you trying to prove to them most? Or what are you trying to show them, I guess, in your presentation? My presentation is all about my skill. I'm trying to show them what I can do. I'm, I mean, you don't really have to like me for me to do this work for you. Mm-hmm. All I need you to do is tell me what you want. If you tell me what you want, I'm going to bring it to you. And then once you see what I've wrote, if it's not what you want, you pick out and you show me what you want me to edit. Right. And you want me to change. As far as we have that communication, it's we've been raised this way, me and you both. Not everybody's going to like you. And that's fine with me. As long as you respect me as far as the business side goes, we're going to be good to go. But if you're not respecting it, that's where it falls in line because you don't understand this is the craft that I'm presenting to you. This is my craft. You, this right here, I can help you with whatever you're having mm-hmm. the problems with. This is something that you do need because you can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that you run into that people don't want to admit they can't do it themselves because they think they're failing at something or they think that if you have somebody who can do it better, why not let that person do it for you? Right. If they're going to make that product better for you, and serve it along until you can until you get comfortable and you get to a point where you can do it yourself. Right. Why not have somebody else do it? Right. That's just being smart about it. 
So, David, in your industry, what is the, because you are definitely fulfilling a, a need that all people need to address, what is what do you think is the biggest obstacle for people, like, as well as you can present that you need this service, this product, this whatever, what do you think is the big, biggest obstacle for people? Um, I think the biggest obstacle is the microwave mentality. They need what they need right now. Okay. They they want actually they want to have life insurance. They want to have investments, but they need to go to the concert last. Oh, why not? No, no they they they, they need to go on vacation because they worked hard all year long. And it's gotta cost five thousand dollars. They need to get another car. They need to go out to dinner. They need to do all of these fun things. Um, so there's a bit of a immediate microwave mentality. Now, don't get me wrong. They need more money. They need more living wage. They, you know, are robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, I, you can't invest with credit cards. Sorry. So you can go on a vacation with a credit card. You can't come see me with a credit card. Right. I, 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 you know, and they need to get out of the habit of that. But I think some of it is the part of the microwave mentality, knowing that they want to be able to have what they have now and they have they are not in a position where they really want to focus on the future. I'll, I'll also say, you know, some people are just now getting to a place where they can go on vacation. Mm-hmm. I have to be respectful of that. Right. You know, there's, you know, they have been struggling and sacrificing for three, five years. I don't know what somebody else's story was before they came to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I really feel like my product is absolutely valuable, every single person under the sun needs it. They need to talk to me. They also need to like me because I tell people once I'm your, you know, your advisor, I'm your new girlfriend. Like I'm gonna be calling you, I'm gonna be in your face, I'm gonna be in your business, I'm gonna be, you know, watching your timeline to check to make sure everything's okay. Because there is a part of a a long term relationship that we have. So it's it is imperative that they like me. Now, they do have to like me and know that I'm an asshole. I, I mean <laughs> I don't think there's anybody out there who will discount that. It's, you know, they, they know I'm going to drink wine. They know I'm going to listen to Nas. They know, you have to know and like the real me, mm-hmm. not some facade that I'm going to put on. And if we're match made in heaven, then we are. I mean, I, I was very fortunate because coming out the gates, I had a great deal of friends and family who came through and supported me. Like gangbusters, you know, 2015 was beautiful. I was so blessed. Um, then of course being able in 18 being able to um, take the business to a national standpoint I started working with people all over the country they still could relate to me it doesn't mean everybody I ever talked to actually still wrote business with me just because they didn't like me they they may not have had the money they may have just been trying to get the information they might still be watching me from two, three years from now, mm-hmm. and it's like, when I get my money right, wait till I get my money right, then I'm going to come see you. And I still want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm still consistent with my message, consistent with my business, and making sure that I reach out to them. I mean, I still do my emails. I drip. I stay in front of them. I don't want to lose the potential opportunity. So, yeah, you know, there's a level of it is they need me, but yeah. they might need something else right now. <clears throat> I hope they like me enough to be able to come back to me when the time is right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I glean from, so my business is product-based, and it's so customizable that I can send a link to exactly what you, so if you don't like me, it's almost inconsequential. But I do want to, because I want to see your results. I want to mm-hmm. see people feeling better and feeling, and that's, you know, encouraging people. It doesn't have to be a specific number, but mm-hmm. the, just that feeling when you get your body the stuff it needs and you start to feel better. But I can still glean from that as far as you have to present the necessity. I mean, you have to make that clear because like you say, people need to live in ways. People, people already, some people are already stretched enough as it is. And then right. you come in saying that this product or service is this much, you know, you're going to have to make me think I need it because I'm going to have to move some things around, you know, dealing with real life circumstances as much as you need it. If I don't have it, I just don't have it. But like she said, wait till I get my money right so you don't want to burn that bridge and, um, you know, not foster that long-term relationship because any relationship business-wise should be, you know, long-term. You Absolutely. Know, I think you should always think this is going to continue. There should be some reciprocity, you know, 
it's not under the table, it's not underhanded. We are essentially scratching each other's backs. I mean, we say it all the time, we all we got, but is it true? You know, do we look around enough before we go try to meet our needs somewhere else to say, man, who do I know is doing this? Let me try and find and meet that need somewhere else. So from a business owner standpoint, you have to make sure you're putting the information out where people can see the need. I know in my business, I look for complainers. You're having ailments, you're having problems. Let's, let's talk a little bit. You know, you have people who may have family events coming up. You know, I, I see it across my timeline all the time. Man, I, I need a two-bedroom. I can pay this much. You know, now we, we have this network going, and you see it all the time. Francis just died. She ain't have nothing, and now they got the GoFundMe going, and that's something we want to combat. I mean, and CT, you know, you got people that just drop, like, whack album covers or whatever, and it's like, hey, let's, let's not do that. You're better than this. And it's not that you're, you know, degrading them, but you just want them to have the best shot out there. You're trying to help them with their marketing. So, Amigo. Um, <laughs> any other takeaways from the video? Well, I'm going to figure out what you were talking about. Um, in your line of business, you're right. They do have to like you because they have to know. The vet has no filter. She, David has no filter. She's going to tell you like it is. But you're that financial doctor. <laughs> like, I'm not going to... I want to go to a doctor that I trust because I know you're going to be looking at stuff that everybody can't look at. Mm-hmm. It's my business. And, I mean, you talked about it when we met. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know she's going to tell me the truth. I know she's not going... But I need to be able to trust her relationship-wise to know... When I put it out here where everybody else don't know, like on Facebook, you might think everything's good, but she going to see that it really ain't. So I need to be able to trust her and have that relationship. Whereas with me, with t-shirts, you don't have to like me. Right. But you need to need my services, and that's what happened with the giving out the designs for free. I started realizing, wait a minute, it's not that these people. Let's go from the who want it to who need it. So I started focusing on those. So I started finding groups of people who needed art um, recreated or converted to a certain file mm-hmm. that they don't have the program to do. Right. That's where most of my money comes from now. Awesome. It's selling the designs. Those crafters now that used to be competition is now customers. Right. Because now they're like, hey... I've seen this design. Do you have it in SVG or DXL? Sure do. Here's the invoice. You pay me, you can get the design. And it'll let you know whether you own it or whether you just lease it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't have to like you and you have to know me for that. Right. So next thing I know, I was reaching people all the way out in California. You don't have to like me. The they probably don't even remember my name, but yeah. they remember at least where to go get that design from. Right. The information age is a wonderful thing. So, so Tim, as far as with your tenants, I mean, is there a level of, is is there anything beyond respect, I guess, is there that that you, as far as your business relationship, at least respect me? Well, I'll tell you this. I I cover a few businesses other than real estate, and what I found, just, just doing business, whether it be real estate, whether it be consulting, whether it be selling products, that um, it does help when there's a mutual level of respect. And for me, uh, I'm respect over money. So there's people that I've turned away because I didn't feel that it's a good fit. I mean, um, I think any time that you have a, uh, a relationship, it should not be one-sided. It should be, do I want to work with you and do you want to work with me? Uh, everybody's not going to be a good fit. Uh, one thing that I was uh, listening to David say, and when you were somewhere, you were talking, I was thinking about the level of maturity that comes in being a business owner, and like you were saying that uh, they might not have the money right now, but being patient and not being so uh, right now. I want you to, I want you to make a move right now. But what I found when I was a consultant is that people come back three years later. For whatever reason, windfall, or just the knowledge that they needed the service, and all the stuff, the stars lined up. But I know that uh, the more impatient, and I, I'm a human. I got bills to pay. The lights need to stay on. Give me the money, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> right, right. But I, I, I had to work on 
uh, that anxiousness because the bills come. And I'm on the verge of losing the business. And at the same time, I, I struggle with, um, do I, I can't press and I can't be laid back. Oh, God, that's a hard thing. Don't press, don't lay back. But uh, I was able to read a book and uh, come up with some solutions to my problem. So one of the things that I had to grow into was just being mature and uh, and patient. Do you remember the title and author of the book? Yes, it was uh, Master Not of Sales, Tom Hopkins. Nice, everybody check that out. Um, so with that said, we're going to go into this last part. Um, this is a segment that we're going to all talk from a business owner standpoint. And we're talking about value and how it affects your business decisions. So as a consumer, we buy something because we like it. Either it looks nice, it fits the needs, again, like we talked about previously, and it, it adds to our lives. But as a business owner, there are some similarities and there are some differences. Um, one thing, I guess, is when you finance, do you finance any machines or anything? No. No. Okay, so when you I have before, mm -hmm. but I won't unless I really, really have to, but no. Right. Okay, let's just go in general. Large purchases, as a business owner, how do you go about those? I mean, do you tend to shop around and try to find nice, good used equipment, or do you look for items like that? Or how do you go about making large purchases as far as how it's going to affect your business? Brand new all the way for me, just because I bought a lot of crap or a lot of stuff that didn't work properly or didn't have a warranty. And if I can help it, give me the warranty. And when the warranty over, let me sell it and get me a new one to keep it under warranty because I can't afford to uh, have bad equipment, personally. Well, one thing um, my husband and I do, we do look at a lot of equipment and some of the equipment we've looked at in the past, I mean, it was like $30,000 for this particular printer, but you have to do your research. Like, okay, I get this print, this $30,000 printer and I'm married to this debt on this printer for X amount of years. Is it really going to be used enough to bring me that money back? Mm -hmm. Okay. And we were like, no. So guess what? Bye, friend. Let's go with what can help us right now. So it's do your research. Right. Is it going to help your business? Once you get it, then what? Right. The, what's the maintenance on it and so forth? And I think that's why a lot of people fail the business when it comes to that is they get in debt real fast over what they think they need to have, and then it's not used. And then you still have to pay on it and you're not making money. Right. Right. And those are the things, like you said, that are not factoring in. So specifically, David, you know, where we are in this office, what were the factors that went into you selecting your office? Like when you were going to make the move? When you were <laughs> God, nothing but the grace of God. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, when I got my first office, I went to my mentor and said, I'm looking for an office. I'm, you know, give me direction, guide me, teach me, show me the way. He said, Al Beasley, shout out Al. He's got a place up there. I'm going to go talk to him. He went and talked to him and he said, all right, you go over there and sign the paperwork. And I went. There, there was not much of a decision. You know, sometimes you, um, you have to just kind of go with, with what's in your budget. You have to go with where you have connections. Because, you know, as many people look at kind of the, um, the Magnolia place, I had a great space at a great price up in Magnolia. And they were like, hey, you kind of sitting in the middle of the hood. Yeah, it kind of was. But the reality was, it was I was safe. Right. I, had a, um, I had a great, great price for my, my um, office. I had the corner office in the back, so it was absolutely beautiful. Tons and tons of space. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was that was nothing but God that being able to connect me with that space. Um, then from there, of course, I moved over on Clinton Highway, and we ended up doing some expansion there. And the expansion, like Tasha said, it wasn't worth a lot of the um, the work and the time that we put into it. Um, and then when I came over here, it was really a matter of I was look. I actually, when I say it's God, 
when I first started my business, I wanted a house just like this one. So for those who don't know, I am in a 17th century Victorian house that sits up on the hill. And I went to my mentor because he had a house like that. And he said, and I told him, I want to be able to rent out a room in the White House and use it for my office. And he was like, you can't afford to do the White House all by yourself. And I was like, you're right. And of course, we talked and we got hooked up in the space that I was in. So as I was looking for space and I was literally driving around and just driving around, driving around and driving around. I didn't find it in a newspaper. I didn't find it online. I was driving around. I was visualizing. I was talking to myself and was like, what am I going to find? I want to be able to find something that has a conference room. So it has the conference room downstairs. I would have the kitchen so I can be able to prepare my food, you know, to have my space, have the utilities and all this other stuff. And that sauna bathroom, I mean, that wasn't, that was so unexpected, but it was really just that knowing kind of what I wanted. And I love this space. I really do. I think it's one of the best space I've been in. Um, even being up the steps, you know, some people may not want to come to my office just because it's up steps. It's really good on the glutes. I Work mean, out. you come get some glute action. <laughs> come up the steps. Yes. But I even still, I mean, I can meet with anyone downstairs in the conference room. So it says I have the best of both worlds. I'm in my corner. And on top of that, I've got the attorneys. I've got the attorneys. There's a realtor and a therapist is all in here. So, you know, all business owners need a therapist. Praise God for you, Patty. Um, but, but no, it wasn't anything. Again, my quick start just went into flow. And it's like the universe, the line, just God was saying, Nope, I found a place for you. Here you go. But you didn't lose till you had a budget, though. I did have a budget. That's what, uh, I guess, as far as, mm-hmm. from the business, business owner's standpoint, I mean, mm-hmm. everything lined up. But you had a budget in place. Oh, yeah. This is what I know I can do. And I appreciate okay. that. Really, you know, weigh those decisions. Okay, if I spend this money on this much equipment, how soon can I get it back? Or how long am I going to be in debt to pay it off? You know, mm-hmm. The, I don't think people factor the cost of borrowing money. Sure. You know, because what the bank's going to tell you is your payment will only be this. Well, but they don't tell you it's for 84 months. Right. And I don't think people realize what a time frame that is. And I think, um, so out there, do you do any digital, I guess, like, do you buy any digital equipment or do you just mainly pen and paper right now? Or Right now, what? my thing is uh, Google Documents. Okay. That's what I use, and then I can copy and paste it when I want to put it on Facebook or Instagram, what I write, or somebody asked me to write up, because uh, lately what I've been doing is doing, um, for some of these startup rappers, doing their bios, and so uh, this one, uh, shout out to Shane, Shane has a couple of rappers that she's their manager for, so she knows what I do, and she can't put it together, she's like, yo, can you do this for me? And so I type it up, send it to her in the email, and that's that. Right. So, so do you use it work off your phone or you work off your computer? Off my phone. Right. Period. It's just the easy. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, there's been times where when I didn't have a car, I was riding the bus. Sitting there riding the bus, thought pops in your head. What do you find? Go to my phone and just start typing. Not only am I typing that up while I'm on the bus, but I'm keeping my mind occupied too. Right. That way I'm not thinking about everything, just sitting there like, God, I'm on this bus again. You know what I mean? Not worrying about things because that that was just what it was at that time. But there's a lot of pieces that I wrote, and I have the um, the tool that I needed to get it done. So what I guess. What your, I guess, overarching theme is? I mean, like you said, low overhead, low capital. Yeah, there's capital. Not too much. It's all these. I mean, so. <laughs> so we can all agree on that. And then, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing it real be. major going on this way. Yeah. And I don't. If it does happen, that would be great. But right now, man, it's just this. This is a thing that it's going from my hobby to try to make it into a business because I know I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And it's just trying to find the right avenue to get your foot in the door to where people are like, okay, he's legitimately doing this and he's trying to do it. And you you have to put your work out there for people to see it. But at times it can be frustrating because you're like, I dog, 
But I, I think it's intelligent up. the way you're doing it. I mean, again, you have established business owners here who low overhead is a it's a premium. I mean, that's something Absolutely. that puts you at less of a risk factor. You know, when you have stuff that you've already paid for, and then you got to do something with it, like, uh-oh. You Because know. a lot of people, um, as you all know, my husband is the other owner of TNT Shirt Box. Hey, baby. Um, but um, one of the things we, everybody was like, y'all need to get the store. Y'all need to get, and he was like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we pay good money every month right here and everything we need to do can be done right here so why don't we get a store and i think that's the best thing now my husband and i we brainstorm all the time and um, one of the things that we discussed a lot in the beginning was do we need a store and i told him i was like it's a waste of money you know, it looks good to everybody else until ain't nobody walking in. Mm-hmm. That's where I first met you. Yep. That is exactly I mean, what, mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I was like, mm, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. But what if we don't do good that month? Mm-hmm. Where that money coming from? Right. You know, so we just said no. Now that I have made, I think, the adequate amount of mistakes to let me know what can and can't happen. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready to look for a store. I'm ready to sit there and say, you know what? I don't. I I can do this and not have too much inventory. Cause I sold shoes in the beginning too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. I love y'all not feel, but y'all ain't never got to worry about me selling no more shoes. You know? <laughs> never ever. I I can't imagine if I had to fill that store up with all those shoes. Mm-hmm. I promise you I'd have been out of business the first month. But even strangely enough, now, this is going back to the Bluebell conversation. What is the future of purchasing? Is it all going to be online? Is it even necessary to have a store? Because there Mm -hmm. are even a lot of insurance agents and financial advisors who work straight out of their homes. So it's not as though you absolutely have to have an office. I choose to, but it's not necessary. Um, a lot of the clients that I, just all in 2018, just about everybody I talked to was on the phone in a different state. I probably literally did not have, that's why I didn't validate for me to have my office on Clinton Highway because nobody was coming in and I was doing everything out long. I mean, I just didn't have a need or a space for it. Right. Um, so it was really one of those things where you, I'm so glad that you all are brainstorming because we all have to look at that and say, not what... Sometimes, and I'm sorry if this hurts somebody's feeling, especially the customer, it's not what you think we're supposed to have. We have to be the ones that are the thought leaders and look into the future and see what's the actual trends and things that we need to be doing for the world moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be, you know, generation X, Y, and Z, Z, they may never ever leave the house and they want to still be able to get their policies online i've seen like lemonade they have an app now where you can just buy your term policy online okay you know they don't meet with anybody they don't ask any questions that's a that's a challenge that's something that i have to overcome and start looking at well do i need to be able to create an app like that right um there's um another one you know people i've seen places where you can get your own t-shirts made online you know those are things where you have to be able to recognize how can we keep up with what's going on in the industry yeah, it definitely goes toward changing with the market. I know as far as, you know, MLM is going from that, especially product-based, that it's going from brick and mortar to click and order. Mm-hmm. Not, mm. you know, that's what was one of the draws for me. Before. <laughs> it, it, really? It, no. <laughs> that's what was one of the draws for me was getting started was, okay, I don't have, you know, 12 cases or something sitting in my house. It's like, here's the link. If you want to order it, it is, you know, and that's nothing you have to... One of my customers is a truck driver, mm-hmm. and he refers me to the truck drivers. He's like, can they use that link? I said, yes, it's a link. can be used over and over and over again. And some people just aren't, you know, because of tech, because of everything, they are socially inept. Right. So it makes them more comfortable, mm-hmm. and that is something you have to adapt to. It used to be way back when, three-way call. Hey, let me get somebody on the phone. Let me get my upline and this, that. Mm-hmm. And we all talk about it, and you wasted an hour of their time when all they wanted was what you said was helping you. Mm-hmm. That's all. You 
And that's where that video comes into play is, okay, you met the need. Right. Don't do all the other nonsense. You're messing yourself up. So Mm -hmm. that's something, like you said, changing but knowing what you need to. I think both of those are are both things that add value. You know, I can change, but I know what I need. You know, I know when it's too much and anything like that. So with that being said, we're going to go around and uh, do a party shot. Whoever wants to start can go first. Just encourage everybody for the rest of the week and give us strength for the journey ahead. Let's go. I love a strong black woman. I haven't been here in a while, and I want to go ahead and say uh, it has been a pleasure to uh, be in the in the the good company with you guys and and you guys out in the uh, the internet. So um, I always like to tell people that um, it's not what you do today. It's uh, it's not about what you have today. It's about what you feel today. Um, Keep striving forward. To uh, attain the goals that you are seeking, um, it's, uh, I call it my mountain. My life is my mountain, and uh, I, where I climb my mountain is one step at a time, one day at a time. So conclude to continue to uh, climb your mountain. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna share something I do every week. I look at what I can do better. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do to make myself stand apart? Because as we all know. Everybody and their mama do t-shirts, and that's how I got the nickname, T-Shirt Lady. And, um, but, you know how you have those situations where you, um, you might be watching Damon John or whatever, and you're like, I thought of it, and that, and I was talking to my husband during our brainstorming meeting, and I said, you know what, I got a million dollar mind, so this Mm. week, I'm now focusing on, what is my million dollar mind doing for me? Mm-hmm. Because I'm tired of looking up to people because of how much they got in their bank account. Their bank account ain't doing nothing for me, but that million dollar mindset is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, Damon John ain't no different for me. His pockets might be a little fatter, but if we thinking the same thing, if he if it's confirmation, that means I got the same thoughts that he got, and yeah. I should be able to make that million dollars. Absolutely, absolutely. So boom. Boom! <laughs> awesome. For me, okay, well, first of all, I mean, we have to thank our favorite, favorite guest for coming on, number one fan. And of course, she's not just a t shirt lady, she, she got us the ramen mugs. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I want us to do is we want to be able to connect. There's this this idea that you know we're almost in our own bubbles i have to make sure i have to watch out for myself because i will get in here into my little bubble and i won't talk with people i want you know go to a networking meeting i'll get so in nerd mode that i'm just reading articles and i'm going through and i forget to be relatable to people people don't see me out people don't and mind you there's got to be a balance i definitely need to be on top of my craft but there's mm-hmm. got to be a balance that says, yeah, I can go out and have a bite. Or I can have a drink with the ladies. And, the, you know, I can be able to go to the comedy show and things of that nature. All of these things are imperative to make us well-rounded. So make sure in your business you keep a well-rounded work balance, um, work-life balance. And, but as well, make sure that you make sure that you don't overspend. While you're out here having a good time. Factored in the budget. Absolutely. Well, guys, it's the beginning of another week. As always, want you to stay positive. Um, I like what you said. Think of what you can do better. Because we're always dwelling on what we are not doing. Mm-hmm. You're always... Pre- I think your biggest enemy is yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you put in self-doubt. You beat yourself up over things that you're not getting accomplished. Instead of trying to bring yourself up. So, things that you want to accomplish. I know this may sound old school. Write that stuff down. Mm-hmm. Put it on your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. That way you see it every day. And you know, this is what I'm trying to get accomplished this week. And keep pushing. That's about all I got for you.
We'll see you guys. Well, I'm around half this thing on out. Appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, like, comment, share. Please post on the Romulan <coughs> page. Like it if you haven't. Uh, we interact on there as well throughout the week. Uh, thank everybody for joining. Glad to have you back, Tim. Glad you're feeling better. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur. Reach out to him. Anything you need. Uh, if you just have a writer's block, got your marketing thing, you, it's good, but it's just not great, talk to CT. You can do whatever you want. If you're in need of a vision ball, let me tell you, I got Man. one of the best things you can do. See this lady right here. Money, 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 money. Don't call me t-shirt. We have a resident printer in the house. Is that appropriate? Yes, I like that. Thank you for joining us, Natasha. We appreciate it. My name is Brandon. If you, hey, you know what? Start with one thing. Drink more water. How about we do that? We'll all be hydrated and refreshed. But if you have any health and wellness issues, I can definitely provide some of the all-natural help with that. But that's for another time. Uh, thank everybody for tuning in. This is the Ramen Movement. Tune in with us next time. Shout out to Marcus Blair with that CEO mindset. He's actually speaking to the CEO. So we're wishing him the best. Hope everything comes back with good news. Yes. Everybody have a good night. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.